What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 41 of Trail Tales. My name is Kyle O'Grady, and this is the podcast where I, a thru-hiker, a peak bagger, chat with other thru-hikers and other peak baggers and other people who like to walk around getting sweaty in the woods just like I do. If that sounds like something you might be interested in, make sure you subscribe and not only subscribe, but make sure you smash the subscribe button. And that would be really, really cool. This week's guest, Scott Hughes, he's back for round two, all the way back from pretty much when I first started the show. He was one of my first guests and we talk about his through hike of the Colorado Trail. So this is going to be a great resource for anybody who's thinking about through hiking or section hiking this trail or just anybody who's curious to learn about it like I was. We talk about all like the essential things you're going to need to know like resupply and camping. We talk about lightning a little bit because that's a big concern on the Colorado Trail. And at the end of our conversation, Scott shares a story, actually a couple stories, about mountain lions that he encountered on this trail, which kind of blew my mind. I am not used to seeing mountain lions. I've never really hiked out west, or not very much anyway, so that was pretty interesting. You should definitely stay tuned for that. Scott, when you hear this dude, thank you so, so much for coming on. Let's do it again soon. I really, really appreciate it. We're going to get into our conversation in just a second here, but first, like usual, I got to say a couple quick things. First of all, let's do iTunes reviews. I haven't really gotten that many iTunes reviews in the past like couple weeks. I don't know why. What's going on with that, people? Let's get some more iTunes reviews. You know I love to read that shit. In fact, I'm actually going to read one right now. So this one is from Swiss Foot. It says... Fun to listen to while hiking, duh. (laughs) I've enjoyed listening to these episodes while hiking the PCT this year. Oh, that's sweet. I always try to hit three miles for each episode, so I breeze through them pretty quickly. Loved the episode on the Catskills. I am a fellow New Englander and pretty close to the cats. Looking forward to bagging those peaks. What a fantastic, fantastic iTunes review, people. Please go leave an iTunes review, or you can go leave like a Stitcher review or a CastBox review, or I always say iTunes because that's like the most popular podcast app, but like really whatever your thing is, except for Spotify, because I don't think they let you do reviews or something, but yeah, just whatever your app is, please leave a five-star review. I promise I will read it and it will be super, super fun, but let's say you don't want to do that. You can still help out the show by either giving me some feedback or just by liking the show on Facebook or following the show on Instagram. Now let me tell you how to do all of those things. So let's start with Instagram, my favorite social media platform. Really the only one that I use a lot. Trail Tales Pod, that is the handle. I should say at Trail Tales Pod. Go follow me on there. I post like most days during the week just to various pictures from my hikes and I really have a good time with it. I love Instagram. So yeah, at Trail Tales Pod. You can send me a DM on there with any sort of suggestions or anything you want to say, really. Say hi, whatever it is. That would be cool. Facebook, if you search Trail Tales on Facebook, you can go like the page there. I also post some stuff on there. You can, I think you can leave five-star Facebook reviews or suggestions or recommendations or whatever. So maybe go do that as well. Or you can even tell a friend or loved one that's into hiking about the show I mean, let's be real here. The social media stuff is great, but the best way that a show like this can grow is just by word of mouth. So please let somebody know. Email is another way that you can contact me and give me some suggestions or some advice for the show. Trailtalespod at gmail.com. I love, love, love getting the emails. So send me a message there. Trailtalespod at gmail.com. So the next thing... I want to say real quick is that I have a shit ton of Trail Tales stickers that I bought like a little while ago and then kind of keep forgetting about. So I want to get those out there to people. I did like a little giveaway on my Instagram last week. Another reason to go follow the show on Instagram, by the way. But I want to open this up to anybody listening. If you want a 
Trail Tales sticker, or I'll, I'll even send you two stickers, like, screw it. <laughs> you can get them if you send me an email or a DM on Instagram with, or, or Facebook. Facebook's fine too, just anywhere, any of the contact methods I just mentioned. If you send me a message with three pieces of information, I will send you some stickers. So the first thing I want to know is, you know, who you are and where you're from. Maybe put your address in there too so I know where to send the stickers. That's kind of creepy, but I mean, yeah, I gotta send them somewhere, right? The second thing I want to know is how you found out about the show. That's a great way for me to kind of gauge how my promotion methods are working. So that's why I'm asking for that. And then the last thing I want to know is just what your favorite episode has been so far. If you send me all that information, I will get you a couple stickers in the mail in no time. And it will be pretty cool. You can put them on your car or your water bottle, or your laptop or Anything you want, really. You could. There's stickers. You, you guys know how, st- how stickers work. So yeah, that would be really, really cool. The last thing I'm just going to say real quick here is I urge you to go over to 46climbs.com and consider donating under the Trail Tales team. 46 Climbs raises money for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. It was started by a good friend of mine named Colby Zemendorf, a previous guest and probably future guest of this show as well little uh little hint for you guys there um so yeah just 46climbs.com i have a link to it in the uh the show notes as well i would really appreciate if you went and checked that out and helped raise some money for this great cause with that said i think we're gonna get into the episode with scott hughes round two colorado trail class of 2019 Scott Hughes, what's going on, dude? This Not is much, crazy. Man. Yeah. Episode number forty-one of Trail Tales. How's it going, everybody? Um, Scott was a guest way back in November of 2018. He was my fifth guest ever on the show, and he's back for uh, for round two. How I don't even know how many months later that is. It's like. Almost a freaking year at this point, dude. That's what it yeah. feels like anyways. That's so crazy. Um, but yeah, dude, thank you for taking the time again. Thanks for staying in touch. Like, uh, I'm uh, I'm super stoked to talk today. Dude, same, man. You have been digging your institute and all the <laughs> interviews you've been having. <laughs> all that good stuff. What have you uh, What have you been up to besides besides the Colorado Trail? We're going to get into that for most of this episode, obviously. But uh, yeah, what have, what's been going on in the life of Scott Hughes? Yeah, so I went back to school. I was going to University of Montana. And then I moved back to Michigan for a few months, uh, just to save money. My dad's moving to, or he moved to Florida, so for my childhood home. So went back to Michigan, worked at Moose Jaw, it's like a gear shop. Oh, cool. Uh, it's just just to save up money. And then now I'm back in Montana and just working at a, another gear shop and getting ready for school to start once again. Nice. How do you like working at like a, an outfitter like that? Because I've always... I've always thought like if I were to ever do any sort of retail job, it'd probably have to be that. Like I like I'm not gonna be doing retail like anywhere else. Like I don't even know. Yeah. How, how do you like your job? Dude, I love it. I mean, I just started this job. I've only been working a few days. It okay. seems like good vibes. I really love moose jaws. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're great. Like the vibes were fantastic. I just I love talking about gear and just like suiting people up for trips and stuff. So it's always fun. Do you like ever? Well, actually, I guess I don't quite remember what your uh, what your gear setup is. Do you have a lot of gear from like some of the smaller cottage companies that might not be found in some of the outfitters? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so I changed my setup for this hike. I feel like every hike I kind of changed up. Kind of changed it up. Yeah. Do you do you feel bad? Like maybe I, then again, I guess I don't really know what your outfitter sells, but I'm assuming if it's like most outfitters, they don't really sell like some of that you know cottage brand stuff do you ever feel bad like recommending gear for people that you might not actually like (laughs) use yourself well so that was a good thing about where i worked like i think it was my manager mainly but we just recommended what we what we use and so that means like the customers will trust us when we do recommend something that we actually sell so like i mean osprey makes some great lightweight packs like they've got the the exos um they also have that like more companies are coming out with ultralight stuff. I actually have uh, the Vesper. It's a quilt by Thermarest. So oh, that's like okay. another option. Yeah. So like the bigger companies now are making more like true ultralight stuff. And 
So, I mean, I don't know. There's a mix of both. I do recommend some cottage companies here and there, but also you're just kind of figuring out what the, the customer wants, like what kind of backpacking that they're doing and what they're actually looking for. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I guess a lot of the smaller stuff like the the stoves and the pots and most of that stuff is pretty... I, I guess that kind of stuff is like not the type of gear you would buy from a cottage company anyway. So you're still like going to be able to recommend that like in, in, in good faith. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, exactly. doing my, I mean, I'm doing my quotations here for everybody <laughs> that cannot see me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always tell people like when it comes to like backpacking, it's all preference based. And so you got to figure out like what's your comfort level. And you, when you go lighter, you do like let go of some of those creature comforts. And yeah. so are you hiking most of the day or are you actually setting up like a base camp and hiking from there? You know, if you're, if you're spending the night somewhere and you want to get a, a little silly, maybe you'll have a camp chair or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> no hate on the camp chairs. No hate on them. That being said, I, I don't think I would ever bring a camp chair. Maybe when I'm like older and like chilling a little bit more. I shouldn't say yeah. never. I shouldn't say never. Maybe <laughs> maybe a camp chair brand will sponsor this show. I, I highly doubt that after I literally just said that. But yeah, who knows? <laughs> that's, a, that's cool though, man. The reason I asked that question is because that's always like the one, like the first thing I've thought of when I, when I like picture myself like working at an outfitter, it's like, and, and, and again, like I haven't done this, so like, I guess I don't really know what it's like, but like, I, I just, <laughs> I don't know if I could recommend like people to buy like these like 70 liter, like four pound backpacks and like oh. all this stuff, you know, <laughs> but I, I, again, I know that's not like all you're doing, obviously. Yeah, no. Yeah. Like, I don't know. REI gets a bad rap for that. And I mean, like my gear shop was like, we didn't do that. So like, I really appreciated my manager and like the way he ran things and told us to how we sold gear to customers. Cause at the end of the day, the customer's going to trust you more when you're actually recommending stuff that you love and you use and trust. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I guess I shouldn't just lump all outfitters in together as well. Who knows? Um, give me some slack for that people. Cheer some, some shit talk. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking about the Colorado trail today. So this is a trail that has been pretty frequently requested is what i'm trying to say there um, a lot of people wanted to hear about this trail it's the perfect trail to do one of these kyle learns about x trail episodes because i don't know anything about this trail honestly and scott just got back from a through hike when did you get back when did you finish how long ago uh yeah so july 30th so yeah like what's that not even two weeks ago yeah, it looks like 10 days. Yeah, so, oh, dude, it's it's fresh on your mind. Yeah. I'm so excited to learn all about it. Before we get into that real quick, why don't you just give a um, a refresh for everybody? Because I know everybody has gone back and listened to every single episode hearing this. <laughs> um, give a refresh on, you know, who you are and, and your hiking background and how you got into it and all that stuff. For sure. Uh, I guess I'll go with my trail name, dude. So my trail name's Hell Yeah Jesus. I meant mostly. to mention that at the beginning because <laughs> I, I, I've done a lot of these episodes and I still remember that part of our conversation because That's funny. Hell Yeah Jesus is a fantastic trail name. <laughs> yeah, I usually just go by Hell Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's my trail name. I have done two long distance hikes in the past. I did 1,300 miles of the AT in 2016. It was an attempt, got off for a girl um oh yeah uh and then i came back in 2018 so last year and did another i started sobo again and did the whole thing nice man so yeah let's let's talk about the colorado trail so i'm sure honestly i feel like a lot of the people listening to this probably know even more about this trail than i do so like i apologize if some of these questions are like very basic but i mean you guys know how these episodes go at this point um so why don't you just start by giving just like the basic information about the Colorado Trail, you know, it's in Colorado, but like where in Colorado is it and like, you know, how many miles is it and just like the 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 first line on Wikipedia if you were to go to the Colorado Trail's Wikipedia page. Yeah, definitely. Um so starts in Denver or technically a little bit south of Denver, like Littleton area, uh but Denver to Durango. Um and it's 485 miles. And the average elevation is about 10,000 feet. So you're pretty high up there. Damn. Yeah. That is, uh, that is very high. That's, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think, actually, that's not true. I've, I did one mountain that was like over 10,000 feet a couple of years ago, uh, out in, in Montana, actually. But, um, nice. Yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> that elevation is not anything I'm, uh, I'm used to. So I don't know. This is going to be cool to learn about. 
Um, to start off, why don't you just talk about kind of your hike more specifically? You know, when did you or how long did it take you? You just said when you finished them. You know, yeah. How long did it take you? What direction did you hike? Um, you know, who did you go with anybody? Like all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I started July 12th. So I did it in 19 days. So a little bit faster than most people. Um, so I did it in less than three weeks. Most people do it four to six weeks. The average is like five weeks. Okay. Um, I thought that was like just a perfect thing. I, I like my big thing with through hiking is I just love to push my body. And so I felt like I was able to push my body, but also I never felt like I was in a rush. How many, how many miles average a day is that? That's pretty. Uh, about 26 miles a day. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I thought it was good. I mean, the, the big thing with the Colorado trail is like, because it is out West, it's designed for pack animals a lot of it so it's it's graded better than the at or a lot of east coast hiking and there's not like all the roots so you can also like the trail is seems to be in better shape and that's not to say like there aren't any steep parts but overall i was able to get a solid stride for most of it nice yeah so um i can't remember but yeah direction what what uh, direction i went southbound sobo I don't know. It's kind of been is my that, Is that going to be a theme like on every through hike you do? I, I don't want to uh, make you like hold to that like set in stone, but it seems like uh, you're pretty fond of hiking southbound, yeah? I don't know why. Yeah, I, I kind of like it. Um, I've been thinking about it. I'm definitely thinking, you know, wanting my triple crown. I think though if I was to do, when I do PCT, I'd probably go northbound. Um, but CDT is still up in the air and then Arizona Trail Seems like most people go north northbound. I'd probably go northbound on that trail. Okay, too. cool, cool. Um, do you have any plans of doing any more like East Coast trails? It sounds like you know all those ones you just listed. I mean, I know the the Triple Crown ones. Obviously, you're there for a reason. But do you ever plan on coming back over here? Yeah, I mean, because I you know I've been on the AT twice. I needed a little break from it. I feel like it makes but sense. I had been debating long trail maybe next year i'm just looking for something like that's less than 300 miles next year yeah nothing 100 percent, but that's definitely on the radar so we'll we'll see i definitely want to go out east again yeah dude you got to uh yeah you got to do the long trail man it's uh it's it's pretty incredible as someone who has i mean maybe i'm a little bit biased because i'm from vermont and kind of learned to hike on the long trail but uh I think the long trail was better than like most of the AT, like New Hampshire and Maine and Vermont. I mean, I guess obviously we're like all pretty sick, but I feel like personally, I like the LT better than like most of the Appalachian Trail. So I don't know. It's uh, I'm sure you've heard things about it too. Like it's a dope trail for sure. And if you ever come out here, you definitely got to let me know too, man. I'll uh, I'll come hike a weekend or something like that with you. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, I I uh, I'll definitely hit you up. I'm I think the community seems really great, and I'm would be super stoked to be able to get out there. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Um, going back to the Colorado trail before I get too sidetracked on my favorite trail. Did you like train before this to kind of like, or I don't know, like how, like that's a pretty aggressive pace and it's not like a trail that's long enough that you can hike yourself into shape and then work up the miles like the AT or the PCT obviously. So I don't know how, like how was your condition going in? Like you must've been like in pretty good shape. Yeah. I think maybe just naturally I'm I'm in okay shape. Like I was actually in physical therapy this past winter. So I did not train as much as I would have liked. Um, I hiked with four mile who I met on the Appalachian trail. We hiked the last 1500 miles together. We actually started the same day too. Um, but he hiked the, or a good portion of the superior hiking trail in Minnesota. So he was already ready. And I was like, shoot, I gotta be ready to hit the miles with him. Yeah. So I think it mainly, he definitely was in better shape. I kind of just like my mental game was on and I just pushed myself. Um, I, I feel like I wasn't in, I was in good shape. I just wasn't in as good a shape as I would have liked. So like, yeah. I feel like my next year I definitely trained a bit more. Just like the situation wasn't the best for like starting a through hike. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. But like, still i mean you you killed it for sure like uh were were you hurting at the beginning like were you in in rough shape like what was going on there i was okay the biggest thing with the colorado trail i feel like is the elevation so i flew a few days early to get ready my sister lives in boulder so like we did a 
one hike and we chilled in Denver for a minute. Uh, but still, like that's, that really got me. And also the heat. Because coming out from the winter and then living in Michigan, it really wasn't that hot. And like I was surprised how hot it was. Like that is, Those two factors were the things that really got me, especially in the beginning, just that heat and elevation. Mm-hmm. But you were able to push through it, obviously. Yeah, dude. The elevation, like I said earlier, not something I'm used to at all. I've, I think I might have told this story like number of episodes ago, like months ago. But I did a couple hikes in Glacier National Park in 2017, and I'm pretty sure, I'm not pretty sure, honestly, I don't know what happened. I think it was a combination of elevation and a combination of, like, heat exhaustion, just, like, sun exposure and being from Vermont and not used to (laughs) sun exposure, especially during, like, physical activity hiking and stuff. But I, I, like, definitely got into a little bit of trouble one time because of that stuff. Um, how are you kind of like, is, is there even a way to deal with it really besides like getting acclimated? Like, I don't even know. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing. And just like coming out a bit early and doing some hikes and elevation. I mean, I like, I suffered like one day, like it was terrible. Like I just got heat exhaustion and I like, I'd never experienced this before, but I actually started hallucinating a little bit. I kept seeing this like blue man in front of me, like picking <laughs> I laughed, but that sounds pretty terrifying. <laughs> dude, I was scared. I was like, I'm at the set up camp, dude. Like I might be quitting the trail, like four miles. Like he was ahead of me. Like I was hiking less than one mile an hour. It was oh, so bad. Um, but finally I got to like, we had two big climbs. I got to the top of the second climb and it was like six miles, just like downhill, pretty mellow. And I was all right. The next day was a little rough, but eventually I got all right. So I think it just like knowing your body, continuously like hydrating, making sure you have those electrolytes and then also like coming out a bit early and trying to get acclimated. Like just don't like push yourself. I feel like if you start feeling the effects of things. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That that makes a lot of sense. Um, do you know like how early getting there and like acclimating like or how early you need to get there to do that or because like i mean i don't like i said i don't know anything about this stuff and i'm just like i'm just kind of curious because i feel like for a lot of people that want to do this trail that aren't from like colorado or another area that's at a a high elevation you know it might be tricky it's already a pretty a, a decently long trail and you know taking even more time to like get there early and like acclimate like i don't know that seems like that could be kind of a kind of a hindrance for uh for people wanting to do this trail yeah i mean i wouldn't be too concerned about it like the big thing is it's nice that you start in denver you're still like you know five thousand feet so if you get there a few days early do some hikes from what i've heard is like it seems like everybody's body is different right mm-hmm. but like to kind of acclimate it seems like i've heard a week has been thrown around a lot i'm no expert so yeah yeah <laughs> disclaimer <laughs> yeah but like we did things a little bit quicker, so we definitely hit elevation a little bit faster than most people. And, of course, it's just more strenuous hiking, too. Yeah, definitely. So, like, because you start in Denver, you don't really start hitting big elevation until you hit, like, around Breckenridge, which is, like, 100 miles in. Okay. So, you have, like, 100 miles of, like, okay elevation. I mean, granted, you're above, like, 5,000 feet, but you're not hitting that, like, above tree line where I'm at 11,000 feet and above, you know? Yeah, yeah makes makes a lot of sense so why did you decide to hike the colorado trail and let me be clear with that question i don't mean why did you decide to do another hike i just mean like why did you choose the colorado trail if that makes sense yeah definitely um so i was thinking about that or maybe the arizona trail i just wanted a trail because i'm back in school that i could hike during the summer that was going to be long enough where i feel like i could get away for a little bit Mm -hmm. and lose myself but not too long where i would worry about you know putting in big mile days just to make it you know yeah yeah um, so the Arizona Trail it looked like I couldn't do it because you needed to go either in spring or fall and that wasn't going to work with my schedule so the Colorado Trail seemed to be the perfect fit really and I'm also I've lived in Colorado several times I have family there so it's always uh, been okay. kind of like my my second home and I had heard good things I talked to a few people that have done it before and. It just seemed like a good fit, so I decided cool. to go for it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, see, I'm not as well-versed on the, the Western trails, obviously, but um, are there any other, like, 
long distance trails that are like you know maybe more than like 200 300 miles out west besides the colorado trail maybe the jmt i guess that's pretty up pretty up there or or the arizona trail yeah the jmt is the one um the biggest thing with the jmt is just like getting that permit Mm -hmm. there's ways to work around the permit but you're not technically doing the whole trail yeah for me being a little bit of purist like i couldn't I just didn't want to do that, and I didn't want the stress of trying to figure out the permit. Yeah, so the Colorado um, Trail is kind of just the uh, the obvious choice at that point, huh? Yeah, there's like a few other ones. Those like I've heard about the Sasquatch Trail is like 500 miles. Oh. I don't know too much what, about it. What is it. that? Where where is it? What state? I think or states? it's in either Northern California or like either Oregon or Washington. Okay. I've been kind of looking at that. I don't know too much about it at all. Yeah, if anybody I, knows about that trail, listening <laughs> to this, let me know. I'll have you on the podcast. We'll learn about it. And then John Z just, uh, you know, he has some videos of him doing, I don't know if you know who John Z is, but he's pretty big on YouTube. Uh, he set the FKT of the Colorado Trail, actually. But um, he was doing the Great Divide Trail, which is like 500 miles. And it's like starts in Glacier and goes in Canada. So that's another kind of option. It seems like a little bit more wild, similar to like the CDT in general. But yeah, that's an, another option, I guess. I don't know much about that trail either what's the what's the terrain like on the colorado trail because i i've i've really never been to colorado i did stop at the denver airport for a pretty long layover but other than the brief view i got like when i when the freaking plane was landing like (laughs) dude it just looked like a giant desert to me and then a bunch of mountains like off in the distance so i don't i'm i don't know anything about the terrain there um is it is it like varied is it i know there's a lot of above tree line like i've seen the pictures and stuff but is there also a lot of forest can you like just talk about the uh like the terrain and the scenery kind of yeah so like i was every single day we had a fantastic view which is something i want to point out like and like i'm not used to like you mentioned desert like because of that, I really appreciated those drier areas. I thought it looked kind of cool. The biggest thing the Colorado Trail is like this contrast between like in a day you can see this contrast, but like you're kind of in this like deserty, like wild west mountains and hills. And then the same day you can hit this like crazy alpine where you're hitting the, you're seeing the conifers and you see like the snowy mountains. And Damn. yeah, so I thought that was really cool just seeing those, that, that whole contrast. And so it seems like the trail like has a lot of variety to it because of that. And I don't know. I mean, people were kind of down on, <laughs> I think it was people from Colorado were down on some of that like drier sections, but I, I was, I would really appreciate it, especially, you know, hiking in the East coast where it's only forest. It was nice to at least it's open and you're seeing something. Different. Yeah. I was going to say that sounds like polar opposite to the Appalachian trail. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hundred percent like you did never like i never had that grind where it's like i'm hiking uphill for miles and i get to the very top and i don't see a single thing (laughs) (laughs) definitely sounds um a little bit more rewarding um and you mentioned that like most of this trail is like pretty high up how much of it is like actually like above treeline would you say that's tough there was like so in this seem like the later sections there there was like I don't know exact. I know there was like a 30 mile straight section where it's like we're 100% above tree line. 30 miles above tree line? Damn, I thought the presidentials was a lot of above tree line. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was kind of sketchy. We had got caught in a thunderstorm one time. We're on this mesa, which is just like a flat mountaintop above 12,000 feet. And it was three miles before we dipped back down into like a town, like we're a highway. And a storm was rolling through and there was no way, like, there was nowhere to hide. Like we had nothing. I'm like, let's hike backwards. We start hiking backwards. The storm's still coming. So we ended up finding this little divot in the ground where there's like a bunch of these picas, which are a rodent kind of similar to like maybe a chinchilla. I don't know. (laughs) Kind of cute, but we, and there's a little bush. So I like put my, my tent right on these, this home of these little rodents and up against the bush and we just like waited out this huge storm and hail started coming down and that was like one of the scariest moments because like dude i don't know what to do like i'm just praying the lightning doesn't hit us and we ended up being all right but there were some sketchy moments like that during monsoon season where there's no way to avoid the storms and we're just like hiding in these trees that we find on trail see 
That dude, honestly, that's I was actually my next question was going to be about that. So that's perfect that you brought that up. Um, I I hate lightning, so that is probably like the biggest like not yeah. I mean, it, it is a fear. I'll be honest, it is kind of a fear. Like lightning is like the least my least favorite part about hiking and on the Appalachian Trail. I mean, yeah, there's some spots where you don't want to be caught in storms, like above treeline and like the the whites are in Maine or, you know, unexposed areas, stuff like that. But like for the most part, like I feel like it's a pretty safe trail for lightning storms. You know, you're never really mm. super exposed. You're never really, or most of the time you're not like super high up anyways. And, you know, in the very limited research I have done on the Colorado trail and the CDT actually, because obviously a lot of the CDT goes through Colorado. Um, like that is like my biggest concern with these thunderstorms. So how often were you in a situation like that, like where you pretty much had like nowhere to go during a thunderstorm? Yeah, so it didn't like the biggest worry was when we were in the southern section, like I think near the San Juans. Um, there's segments in the CD of the CT, I mean, where it's like segment one through like 28. I didn't pay attention to that, um, but other people might be able to, so I don't know what segments they were, but. It was just that like 30 to like 50 mile stretch where you're like continuously above tree line that like was very concerning. Um, a lot of times there were like little pockets of like conifers where you could hide. Mm -hmm. You people generally say like as long as you're at that high point by 12, you know, noon and back down, you're good. But during that situation, like there's no no way to plan it. You're just always above it. Well, so. Yeah, because like when you're on a through hike, it's a little bit different than a day hike. Where you can just yeah. plan or even it's like, sure, you might be over the first open exposed part before noon. But then, you know, what if there just happens to be another one like towards the end of the day? Like, I don't know. Do do you have to kind of make that choice? Like, OK, I'm just going to stop early today. Or do you do most of your hikers just be like, fuck it. Like, just <laughs> just go anyways. So I don't know what most people do, but it sounds like there's one guy who like did not risk it at all. And it sounded like because apparently this monsoon season was worse than. Uh, it usually is. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And uh, so he had been like waiting out a bunch of them where me and Four Mile, we kind of like, we took some, we were safe, but we definitely took some risks. Um, I, cause like for me, we set a mile, like a goal for the day and it doesn't matter how long it takes, but we're going to hit that goal or exceed it. And so like, we definitely had to wait out a few, but we just like did some parts pretty quick like there were some parts where i'm literally sprinting away from storms um, dude i've done that <laughs> shit before yeah <laughs> yeah but like i wouldn't be too concerned i feel like a lot of the thing is just like people don't know what to do and they see like clouds and distance and they're like oh shoot i gotta wait this out so like as long as you kind of know your surroundings and you're you're being vigilant and watching you're gonna be okay, okay. like maybe you just have to wait out a few storms but there is besides that one little area with the mace of those three miles i always had like little pockets where i knew okay i can set my shelter here or i can if i need i was always looking for like little bailout points and so as long as you can find those bailout points uh you're gonna be okay yeah so that's actually dude you're, you're literally reading my mind here you're like a step ahead of me that was gonna be my next question like uh how so obviously like or i, I would hope it's not just you know nowhere you can go during a storm most of the time so, like, you talk about these little bailout points. Like, what are those exactly? Are you, like, literally, like, leaving the trail, like, hiking down a side trail to get, like, below tree line? Are you, like, like, how do you know, like, what to look for on the map or in gut hook or whatever? You know, can you just kind of talk about the bailout points a little bit and how you uh, utilize them, I guess? Yeah. So, well, I, I lived in Estes Park, which is, like, right in my Rocky Mountain National Park for a, a little bit. And so, I, I'm used to, like, hiking above tree line and stuff. And so... In that instance, like we had like the ability to look at topo maps and like plan out our bailout points, um, but Gut Hooks doesn't really have that option. So um, I wasn't ever like really looking at topo maps and like planning out the get the the day. Mm -hmm. But I was just kind of like looking for okay, I'm on this trail, I'm on this ridge, I see trees, I might have to hike off trail to get to them, but I know I could easily find the trail. Um, like if I was to leave the trail, I could find the trail again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or sometimes there's actually trees on the trail that you can kind of like hike to or like little bushes that I know, okay, I can kind of like either hide in this, these like little <laughs> alpine bushes or I can set my shelter up. Like 
I know, okay, that's a good spot to aim for. And yeah. So I guess that was, that was what I was looking for when I was hiking. Uh, does a little bush like really <laughs> give you that much protection though or at least just a, a little bit of peace of mind i guess yeah too. like i mean like also like the divots in the ground you know like there maybe there's like a peak right above you or something or some big rocks um it's hard to explain when i can't like actually show it to you but like yeah. you can definitely find your the biggest thing is you don't want to be like super exposed so as long as you can find a spot that's a little bit lower than what's around you and making sure you're not on like rock because that's electricity is going to transfer through that. So as long as like you're in a nice safe spot, like, well, obviously you're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How about guidebooks and, or, so I know you just said you use gut hook. Um, did you use, did you bring any other like map or guidebook with you on trail? I did not. There's like this main guidebook that everybody uses. That seems pretty cool. Um, so for like new through hikers, that's definitely like, the go-to, I feel like, you know, like the AWOL guide was for the AT. There's like one of those for the Colorado Trail. I was pretty low-key, like a pretty low-key guy. So I just had gut hooks. And even then I just kind of, the trail is very well marked and there's not too many towns. So like the towns that are there, those are pretty much the towns you're going to go to. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't really do too much planning, but I did have gut hooks. Okay. Okay. That's always, that's always a good question to ask when you're yeah. like learning about a new trail to like figure out what resources exist. And I did know about gut hooks for this trail. I didn't know if there was any like go-to map. Do you, I know you didn't carry it, so you might not know. Um, just for reference though, do you, do you happen to know the name of like the popular map or guidebook, whatever it is? I think it's actually called a Colorado trail guide. Okay. Um, but I could be wrong. I also like what I do is always like join like the Facebook group. Oh yeah. And so like when you join the Facebook group, there's, so many different opinions to sort through but at least like you can kind of get a general consensus <laughs> yeah. of what everyone's doing yeah okay okay cool the colorado trail guidebook very original um i i probably should have assumed that's what it was called it might be called something different so <laughs> do your research but i i think that's what it's called <laughs> it exists and people can go find it now um let's see besides weather then are there any other like I don't know. I wrote, I wrote dangers on my notes. I feel like that's not really the right word. Um, are there any other like challenges, I guess, or sketchy things related like specifically to this trail that you can think of? I mean, so the trail is very well marked, even better. I think it is even better marked than the AT. I never really I was at a position where I was like kind of lost. Um, I was thankful in a few parts that I had gut hooks, but I know on the AT, like there's been a few times where I've hiked a few miles in the wrong direction. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> never had any of those incidents. Um, there's always, there's a number of people, whether they're through hikers or just like day hikers, it seemed like there's always people there. Uh, the biggest thing I think was there were some towns where like most of my hitches were pretty long. And so like, I think there's a town like Gunnison's like 50 miles away. 50 so we avoided miles? that one. You hitchhiked 50 miles to get so to I a didn't, town? We didn't go to that town. Oh, um, okay. We went to, I, and this might just because of the miles we were doing, but like we were able to finagle it where we went to this one town where it was like 17 mile hitch, which 17 miles is still, that's a decent hitch. For the AT, that's like about the longest hitch you're going to, you're going to find really. Exactly. So like there are some longer hitches and I think just being aware of that hitching situation is important or like being able to contact a trail angel or a shuttle beforehand if you do have to go into that mm-hmm. um because some of the hitches too like weren't the easiest i'd say like compared to the at i never had a single issue but i did read some like gut hooks comma uh, comments where it's like i waited like an hour or two and didn't get a hitch or like you're not gonna get a hitch here i was always fine but like i think that's something to be aware of like maybe because there's less service like cell phone service on this trail than i think the at so okay being aware of that and like maybe planning out rides or figuring out what you're gonna do for different towns mm-hmm. is more important yeah definitely um while we're on the topic of like hitchhiking and resupplying so that's another like huge like research point for someone who's learning about a a new trail that they're looking at through hiking um i know you 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 did do it pretty fast so you probably weren't in town resupplying as much as other people perhaps but can you just talk a little bit about like the resupply situation um you know what are the towns like you know what were some of your favorite towns how many how many times did you actually like have to resupply so 
I'm kind of like a lightweight guy, <laughs> uh, <laughs> technically ultra light, but so I didn't carry. I think like the biggest carry was four days. And so like we actually did get in town a lot, but we were just like made sure we like didn't in and out and maybe we'd hike a little bit later that day. So I was in a fair amount of towns, I think. And I never had an issue resupplying in towns. It was, I never had to, I never felt like I needed uh, a drop box. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, it was fine. I thought there, the towns were really cool. Had great, um, a great atmosphere, a lot of great food, they definitely weren't like if you're used to the Appalachian Trail, they weren't like through hiking towns. Yeah, yeah. Um, the trail wasn't like the biggest, the biggest selling point of for these towns. I remember like so we were in Salida, which is an awesome town. What's it called? Salida. How the hell do you spell that? S A L I D A. Okay. Okay. I'm. 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 Some of my listeners have probably heard me say that I use Google Maps quite frequently during these episodes, so I'm oh, cool. going to Street View right now. <laughs> Anyways, sorry, continue. Yeah, it's a cool town. It has great food, um, grocery store too, but we ended up staying at this hostel. And I'm used to staying at... We didn't stay at many hostels. I think that was actually the only hostel we stayed at. But I was expecting it to be like a hiking hostel, but there was like people from all different backgrounds there. Oh. So it was honestly like I felt even more hiker trashy at the hostel <laughs> and like we actually it was funny so like my stuff smells but i try to like be polite and i like hit it under my bed and like i have a an odor proof sack an op sack that i put like my smelly stuff in and so we were all sleeping in the room and there's 12 people in this room and like 95 percent of the people are sleeping and yeah there's with that many people it's gonna smell a little bit especially with there's like three hikers there yeah and this woman comes storming into the room at like 11 o'clock when everyone's sleeping. She's like, okay, boys, you guys need to remove your stuff now. And I remember, it's like, I woke up, I was so out of it, like four mile pretend to be asleep still. I thought he was, a, I didn't know clue was going on. And I like robotically moved my stuff out and there's nowhere to put my stuff outside of this room. So I kind of hid it in a corner and try to put some stuff over it. Yeah. Because I didn't want people to steal, my, that's all my stuff. I don't want people to steal of course, my stuff. Of course. And, so that was like kind of a weird thing I've never experienced at a hostel. This lady also like uh, it's this this hiker. There's a guitar there, and this hiker's like, "Hey, do you mind if I play guitar?" Uh, usually, that's kind of like a a nice question. You're not expecting anyone to say no, and she's like, "Uh, actually, could you not?" Oh, this like, lady doesn't sound like she's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but see, that that's the kind of thing that would like never happen at an AT hostel. I feel like exactly. So I think that was the thing that was like. I wasn't bummed out about, but I was more aware about in the towns is like there most people didn't know what you were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Even though a lot of these towns are also CDT towns, they also, they just like, you're just more hiker trashy than normal. <laughs> you got to embrace it though, man. Like I, I always love that. Like I got no shame. I got no shame. Oh yeah, dude. I feel <laughs> that. I love it. <laughs> um, who, so what these people that were staying at the hostel then, I'm assuming they were just like, if they're not hikers, they're or a lot of them aren't hikers anyways. Um, they're just like travelers, like people just kind of to- like tourists and like people just visiting the area. Travelers. There's a few people that were just got stuck there in town. Um, Wait, it gets got stuck there. Yeah, I don't know. There was a man that was moving. <laughs> this like sixty year old man moving to the Philippines and had like a twenty year old girl saving his house in the philippines i don't know it's like crazy like some of these people have like crazy stories hostels um, dude jesus yeah man it was i think it was a pretty cool atmosphere but yeah they're all hikers and i think that was it's not all always bad i think it's cool because you're learning about different people and it's like, exciting to share your experience with those people too yeah and, and usually i'm sure they were pretty excited to hear about you know what what you and the other hikers were doing too and i'm sure you guys were able to kind of enlighten some of them about the trail and about the through hiking long distance backpacking thing and all that crazy stuff so i guess that's uh that's pretty cool for sure yeah for sure so i just want to say the one thing this trail that i was kind of surprised as well is like this is a lot of people's like first through hike and there is less like kind of that hiker trash vibe than what i was kind of expecting really what do you what do you yeah yeah what do you mean by that so I don't think there was any point where people could do shakedowns. Like, you know how there's like, for the Sobos, there's Monson, or for uh, the Nobos, what's, I can't remember. Neil's, Neil's Gap. Tri- Neil's Gap, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was none of that. So, like, people just kind of carried their gear and, like, there's just, like, no one, 
it's not to say there's no through hikers, but like I wasn't, it's just like you don't see that like hiker trashiness. Like a lot of people assume we were CDT hikers because oh. we kind of had the gear. Um, not that there's <laughs> anything wrong with that, but that was like something that I was kind of surprised about. A lot of beginners, huh? Yeah, which is awesome. Like it's really cool, but there was just, just something that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, um, I I think I understand a little bit more what you're saying there. That's that's interesting because I feel like. Or just intuitively, it seems like to me, people would either do like a, like one of the big three or probably just the PCT or the AT as their first through hike because like biggest ones, like most famous, or they would do like a shorter one. It seems like a trail, the length of the Colorado trail. It's kind of like a weird in between. But then again, Colorado's a big state. I'm guessing a lot of those people were maybe from Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, there was a number of people that weren't though. It was like a lot of Texans and oh okay. Yeah, I don't know. There was a, there was a good mix. I think it was just like a it's a good through hike to start on, which is nice for people who are just starting, knowing that like there's a lot of beginners on the trail too that are just learning as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was surprised that there's like no because there's no like big through hiking towns. There's no big place for people doing shakedowns. Yeah. Also, it's not like a super long trail. Um, yeah, true, true. Um, so this is this. I guess this is a pretty. A pretty popular trail then um how many people were you seeing on this trail because my last or actually no it wasn't my last episode two episodes ago i talked to my friend aaron and he had just hiked this uh, even shorter trail in the white mountains called the Kohas trail and that's like a super like remote like unknown trail and not that many people he's, i think he said he saw one other like uh through hiker the entire time he was gone for the i think it was like 200 miles or whatever it was um dang how many like other through hikers were you seeing both directions on the uh, on the Colorado Trail? Yeah, so I never saw any northbound hikers. There's definitely oh, are really? northbound hikers. Yeah, and I think it was maybe it's kind of an odd year because the snowpack was crazy this year. So a lot of people left later, and a lot of the Novo hikers, I guess, had to probably wait off um, just because the like the snow is worse um, in the San Juans and the the southern mountains. Okay, but. Honestly, that's the thing is like we didn't see that many through hikers. Um, and I think it was because we hike later than a lot of people, um, especially people who are, you know, just starting. Like I hang out, we hike all day. So like sometimes a night hiker will hike just before dark. And so then we were starting a little bit earlier. And so I guess saw a lot of tents. But when I was hiking, it seemed like I wasn't seeing as many people as I was expecting. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we just like were kind of hit hitting those gaps in between people and was just like kind of unlucky but there's a lot of times where I, we were alone and i was like wow this is it was kind of cool but i was kind of wanting a little bit of that like trail community that i um you know you get on the at oh, and yeah. stuff that we didn't get out there for sure so i guess kind of related to that um camping so this is one thing i always wonder about these western trails and it's because on mo- in most of my hiking experiences, I'm used to like things like the AT, where you know there's the established sites, or maybe there are like these stealth sites, but like they're still like pretty obvious, like where they are. Like, are there established sites on the Colorado Trail? Are there like car campgrounds and like stealth sites? Like, how does the camping work on this trail? Yeah, so there's like, I think there's a few car campgrounds we go around. Um... But yeah, most of it is stealth camping. It seems like I was. We're mainly kind of going off the the gut hooks com- comments. There was no established sites really. Like obviously, there's no lean tos. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it seems similar ish to like hiking in the whites and not using the huts. If that yeah. makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So like you gotta go with the gut hooks comments. Like oh yeah, there's this one three miles away or I don't know like he like three-fourths of a mile away from the hut or whatever you're kind of just like looking at I'm just like looking at water sources and then looking at the comments for the water source and it uh, seems like there's usually campgrounds near a few of the few of the water sources like some of them are just like small mountain streams but we never had an issue finding a camp spot we just had a little look a little bit extra hard if that makes sense are there so there is like enough um campsites along the trail like they're frequent enough that you know if even if like you're kind of banking on one spot 
being a campsite and then it's not like you could still find something within like a couple miles would you say yeah 100 percent. like my main thing is like i'm kind of lazy so i want to camp near a water source just so i can fill up in the morning and not carry but like there's a number that we're like you know maybe a mile after the water source or like a mile before so like i don't think we ever had an issue finding a spot uh four mile an hour are sometimes a little bit picky with our camp spots especially because like we don't have a whole lot of comfort like my shelter has no bug net and he's sleeping in a bivy so there's a few times we passed up some spots that normally people would take just to find the perfect camp <laughs> spot which is nice and flat also my pad busted like Ooh, before that so just bummer. damn <laughs> yeah i could have fixed it but i was lazy so i just sleeping straight on the ground so finding <laughs> a soft spot was uh, ideal for me so there's sometimes we'd hike a few extra miles just to find the perfect campground but never really had an issue gotcha gotcha so i kind of want to go back to the resupply town thing just for one more question i was going to work it in to that part of the conversation but then we kind of moved on and i didn't want to interrupt that vibe um the hostels so how like how often like how many hostels are roughly like are, are along this trail do like most of the trail towns have hostels because i feel like it's not super common for the smaller not as well known through hikes to have like legitimate like hostels in the towns and stuff you know yeah so we didn't stay in many towns but there seemed to be a number of hostels that like durango the last town had a hostel and this is like, you know, this is just like after you finish your hike, but mm -hmm. it closed down in 2016. So we actually stayed at a night in a, like a motel in Durango. And then it seemed like that all the towns that we went to, we stayed in, cause we stayed in Salida and then we stayed in one other town. It was Lake city. There was a hostel there. Um, we ended up splurging and staying in a cheap motel there. So I didn't check out the hostel, <laughs> but there's a hostel there too. Um, Lake city. That's, that's a dope name for a for a town <laughs> that was for us the best hitch because it was either that 50 mile gunnison hitch or there was like a hitch for you to hike three miles off trail to straight downhill and then have to hit eight miles or you could have like i don't know maybe 10 eight extra miles and get to lake city where it's the 17 mile hitch and so we went with the the lake city one and there yeah. was the hostel there it seemed like a nice it was a small town um but they did have a hostel so it seemed like most towns that people would stay at had hostels. Like Leadville, I'm pretty sure had a hostel. That's where the Melanzana is, if people okay. were curious. And we did go to the Melanzana store. I got a little beanie. Four Mile got a little the, the grid stop hoodie. But yeah, that <laughs> looked like it had a hostel. So I don't know. Like, honestly, the, a lot of towns are like tourist towns. So they did have like the amenities that through hikers yeah. are looking for. And I guess that kind of goes back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago in that it's like not just hikers that are coming to these towns obviously so you know the hostels can accommodate even d other types of hikers like people that are just there to like peak bag or or you know not still to hike but not to like do a through hike or backpack or anything like that so yeah exactly yeah there were like a lot of like peak like you're saying like trying to hit the 14ers or like mountain bikers because you can also mountain bike the trail so yes. there's a lot of mountain bikers dude too. you did it again you did it again so that was gonna be my <laughs> next fucking question so just uh just yesterday actually i was when i was kind of getting my get my shit together planning some questions for this um i just like googled colorado trail and one of like the suggestions on google was like through biking the colorado trail and i was like what like through biking like i didn't even know that was a thing so I, I read just a little bit and it sounds like, yeah, you can bike on this trail. Is it like, can you bike like the entire thing? Like if you want it, like, I guess that's what a, a through bike would be. I don't know. Like, can you just talk about that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. So there are detours. There's a number of detours because some of them are like when you're, I'm not a big mountain biker, but a lot of the grades like too steep for them to, to bike up. So there was some detours and then they just like kind of go through the towns. I don't know what the detours are like. Um, I always looked forward to when me, us and the bikers were on the same trail because it seemed like the trail, the grade was a little bit easier. Yeah. Whenever yeah. there was a detour, it was like, oh, God, it's going to be steep, man. Not looking forward to that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there's – and that that's a big community too. We actually – there is a huge bike race. They go Nobo. Um, they start in Durango. And that starts like 
August 28th. And, and they, so there they, was like, so they bike the whole thing. Yeah. It's a big That's race. That's fucking sick. That is Dude, so cool. Yeah. The guy who won it was like, all we saw him. He was all smiles. Like, I think he finished in like four days or something. <laughs> Damn. Um, but the guy right behind him was like scowling. He was not very happy just trying to catch up to him. But so there was like a solid day where we're just passing tons of bikers. Um, and so, I mean, that was cool. I mean, for people who don't, I, I just like the whole atmosphere of like seeing people like, you know, being on the trail. So for some people who want to avoid that time, it seemed like August 28th was that day. And <laughs> um, so around that time, if you want to avoid that, that's where they're going to be doing the bike race. Um, that's, that's so crazy because like that, that's just a foreign concept to me seeing bikers on the trail and like, I don't know. I feel like that'd be kind of cool on a through hike. I'd also be kind of envious at the same time. I feel like for like days, like one through two out of town, it'd be cool. And then like three to four to five to whatever, I'd be kind of just like, fuck, this guy's just like cruising down this hill. Like, <laughs> like I could be in town like today, like if I was on that freaking bike. But I don't know. That That is pretty interesting. Be Besides like the time when people were doing that bike race, because that's not the norm, it sounds like. Like how often were you seeing like bikers on the Colorado trail? So not, it didn't seem like very often. Like we did spend the night with one uh, biker and it seemed like we were keeping kind of the same pace just because there's a few towns that you have to stop in with them for like a few towns. Um, but they <laughs> That's just... so crazy. Like hiking like with a fucking biker. <laughs> yeah. Damn. <laughs> he definitely goes faster than us. Like I was like not jealous like the 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 uphills look terrible oh, for him. Oh, like, true. That's actually so true. That's that's yeah, yeah. So even though they're moving fast, faster, like going on the flats and downhills, like it's much more technical, and so it's just like a di- completely different sport. But um, yeah, we didn't see too many, and honestly, the race like they're going so fast. We only saw them like maybe like a span of like twenty four hours, because after that they're all past because they're they're racing. Um, but yeah, I mean, we didn't see too many bikers. I don't think, unless like they're just like out for the day mountain biking, and that just yeah, varied. even that, like yeah, even even that that varied from segment to segment because different segments seem like you know more popular than other segments, obviously. So there was definitely times where it was like just us, and it seemed like there was not that many people. But then you'd hit like a spot like the AT where it's like definitely more touristy, and then like mm-hmm. the trail is nicer, and so there's going to be more bikers and be more like day hikers, and so. Um, I don't know. It kind of varied. How did you ever like? Maybe this is a dumb question. Like the, the mountain bikers that are listening to this might think this is a stupid question, but did you ever like get like run off or not even run off the trail? Did you ever have any like close calls with bikers? Because I I'm just thinking like I'm just picturing myself like going down the trail, like headphones in, just like kind of zoning out, and then just getting like buzzed by a fucking biker like flying by me. I don't know. Like how <laughs> that did that ever happen, or is that ridiculous? <laughs> No, I don't think it's ridiculous. It never happened to us. I did hear, I saw Facebook comments about it on the Facebook page. Um, I did have one biker, like the first day, just like roasted me completely. You know, I, I dress kind of hiker trashy. And so like he, I, with the bikers, you stop to let them pass. Like yeah, that's kind of yeah. the day the right away, obviously. And he's like, oh, nice costume, dude. And then he just like sped off. <laughs> what a fucking dad. That's yeah, so funny. Dude. I was like, oh, jeez. He thanks, doesn't get man. it. He doesn't get it. Yeah, it was okay. But like, I was like, it hurt. It hurt the heart for a second. <laughs> Good way to start <laughs> off the trail. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, I didn't have any bad instances. It, it, the race day, like, it was cool. But like, after like the sixth biker, I was like, God damn it, I can never get in like a good stride because I'm always like, going to the side for these bikers but i mean that didn't last that long and they were i mean they're great and like nothing against the bikers at all it was just like I, it was end of the day and i wanted to get to my campsite yeah, and yeah. keep stopping um, i mean i feel like if you're used to biking on trails like that like you have to be mindful of like the people that are hiking on them too so i don't know exactly and i felt bad for them for like because obviously like we know that they have the right away but i did see like some day hikers that like weren't aware of that and they were kind of like rude to them like they didn't like move over and these guys like have these big bikes that they the trail's kind of thin they can't move their bikes yeah. over for them so yeah i'm sure it gets annoying for them too yeah yeah that is uh that is that is true um let's see here the the last question i have before we get to story time is how many like 14ers 
go along the Colorado Trail, or how many 14 inches does the Colorado Trail go over? It's probably a better way of phrasing that, because as like a peak bagger over here in the Northeast, um, that does kind of make me curious a little bit. Like I know about these Colorado 14ers or whatever, so can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Um, so that yeah, that's a big draw of the trail. Like there are, so you don't actually go over a 14er. The highest point is like 13,000 something feet, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, but you do go past like Mount Elbert, which is the highest peak in Colorado. And then there's like Mount Massive, which is pretty close to that. And then there's like a few other ones too that we didn't go over just because we were just kind of trying to do the trail. But like it definitely, if you're trying to take like do like a Nero or you want to do a zero day, like it seemed like that'd be the perfect time to, you know, bag those peaks. Like Twin Lakes is a town we actually went to. There's only a mile off trail, but it seemed like people would stay in Twin Lakes. There's a hostel there. And then there's Mount Elbert and Mount Al- uh, Massive. And so you could like leave your stuff and go hike one or two of those 14ers and then go back to town that night. Um, so that's, that's kind of a cool draw of the trail. I think is really sweet that, you know, I don't get on a lot of other trails. Damn. I'm looking at some of these pictures on, on Google. This looks incredible. This trail. Yeah. This trail is definitely on my list, man. Like I, I got to make it out there. I've never even been to Colorado. Like I'd like to just go visit the state of Colorado in general, honestly. So it's a great state. Um, I think the trails like every single day was beautiful. Like, I don't know. You know, obviously I've only hiked on the AT as a long distance hike, but you know, there's days where it's like not that exciting, but I don't think there's a single day where I was disappointed. Yeah, this, this looks awesome. Um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll stop looking at pictures here and why don't we wrap this up kind of, um, not, not quite yet wrapping up, um, stories. So it sounds like you had a, a couple interesting, uh, encounters with mountain lions, another, thing that is completely foreign to me as an east coaster like i am i am definitely curious to hear about these yeah man yeah so we had two mountain lion kind of i don't know incidents but yeah like i saw two mountain lions um the first time we were hiking up and i was a little bit uh behind four mile because i was taking a video and i see four mile ahead of me kind of on the grind because we're on this climb he's trying to get to the very top yeah, yeah and he scares this deer and i look to the right of the deer a little bit and there's this mountain lion that was oh. watching the deer and as soon as the deer was scared the mountain lion sees four mile and luckily like he sees four mile and runs up and i try to like grab my phone and take a video also making sure that <laughs> I'm not having to run over and fight this mountain lion off four mile. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I didn't get a video of it, but it was, it was kind of cool. Wait, wait, wait. Um, I'm, I'm confused. Sorry. He ran after the deer. Oh no, no. he ran away. He saw four mile and oh, like, got okay, scared. Okay, okay. And so fortunately he was afraid of four mile and he ran the other direction, but he only noticed four mile because it was like eyes were locked on this deer that four mile had just scared. Yeah. Um, yeah. Damn. So that was that was kind of cool to see, um, but we were had did have a little sketchier situation. We were we were night hiking, um, so we had our headlamps on, and we're hiking down the trail. And all of a sudden, in the the woods, I see these eyes. And on the AT, <laughs> we did that a lot, and we saw uh, I'd say a decent amount of bears, um, and they were always afraid of us. But so I was like, okay, man, it's either a bear or a deer. But we get closer to the eyes, and I'm like, dude, this is I think it's a mountain lion, man. And he's like, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. And we get a little bit closer. And he's like, oh, yep, that's definitely a mountain lion. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. Uh, so we like made noise to, you know, it was already looking at us at this point. It already knew we were there. So we made noise to try to scare. Obviously, it wasn't afraid of us. It was just like curious. And the trail goes right by it. And so we just, I didn't know what to do. So we just kind of kept hiking and we, hike kind of by it and then we passed it and you go kind of go around a corner and we're just looking back and we see the eyes are following oh, us oh no i'm no. like oh dude i don't know t- so i'm walking backwards four miles walking forward so he's he's like letting me know where to go i'm just like always my headlamps pointed up these eyes making sure there's like not getting any closer and for a little bit it kind of follows us from afar and then finally dip back uh, we take another like little curve and then we don't see the eyes for a while. And we probably hiked another few miles, but I was, uh, 
definitely kind of scared, scared that yeah, night. Yeah, dude, like, <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> yeah, fortunately, we're all right. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of sketchy. I, I was like, I was kind of at a point where I was like so tired. I just, I ended up falling asleep. But for a little bit, I was staying awake thinking I might have to fight off a mountain lion tonight. <laughs> Damn. How like, is that, is that, is it like common to see a mountain lion on the, uh, the Colorado trail? Yeah, I def I saw a few, I definitely saw like some Facebook <laughs> again I'm on the Facebook page, but yeah, I saw the Facebook posts about it, and then we did see um, a few fit uh, gut hooks comments like, "Oh, be careful!" I saw mountain lion prints, or I saw a mountain lion here. Um, so it seems like it's fairly common. Damn, dude, I would I would sh- oh, dude, <laughs> that is like I said, that is a foreign concept to me. Mountain lions, like, wow, I. Uh... I don't even know how I would react, honestly. Fuck that shit. Especially if I was by myself, you know? Like, no thanks. Exactly. I'm, I'm happy I was a four mile. And definitely, like, after that, I was like, shit, like, I um, might be more careful night hiking. Because um, we, I don't know, we did a decent amount of night hiking. So, I was definitely more vigilant after that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Shit, dude. Well, I'm glad you were okay. And that is <laughs> definitely pretty gnarly. Um yeah, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna wrap it up here. Thank you oh, so yeah. much for uh for coming on again, dude. Um that was really cool. I learned a ton about the Colorado Trail today. Um learned about freaking mountain lions and, <laughs> and bikers and all this good stuff. So enlightening. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. Next time you do any sort of badass through hike, dude, you're gonna you're gonna come back on. Like, I'm not even gonna ask your permission. You're you're, you're gonna come back on, and <laughs> okay. uh, we're gonna do round three, and we're gonna we're gonna learn even, or I'm gonna learn even more. So, yeah, dude, thank you so much. Um, why don't you go ahead and plug your Instagram? First of all, I'll say this: this dude Scott has some <laughs> some pretty funny Instagram stories. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> there's not too many people on my uh on my Trail Tales account that I like actually watch the stories from. But uh, <laughs> I definitely watch your stories. They're really, did. Okay. pretty, <laughs> so, pretty, pretty interesting. So everybody should go follow them. Yeah, where where can they uh, go do that? Uh well, I get a little silly. Uh, not very serious on that page, but it's Scooter S C O O T E R Hughley H U G H L E Y Scooter Hughley at Instagram. Give me a give me a follow. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna end it there. Um, thanks for listening everybody thank you thank you scott one more time for coming back on um i haven't done this in a while so i'm gonna do this thing where i list off the the places where people listen to podcasts so yeah thanks for listening everybody enjoy the rest of your drive or your work or your hike or your your mountain bike or your uh your your shower um your lawn mowing your snow shoveling if you live in like fucking antarctica or some shit um uh dude i can't you're you're sleeping if you're like trying to fall asleep if i if i put you to sleep um i don't know scott can you think of any other places where people listen to podcasts dude maybe they're busting out some miles on some trails maybe even the colorado trail if you're on the Colorado Trail at the moment, enjoy the rest of your hike. I, this is going to be a, a disappointing episode if you're on the Colorado <laughs> Trail because I feel yeah. like because it's just going to be stuff like you already know, or yeah. even worse, you're going to be like night hiking and you just heard that story about the mountain lion and now you're probably freaking out. So <laughs> hopefully not. <laughs> uh, thanks for uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Going out on a strong note here. Um, yeah, have a good one. Yeah.